All right, what's up, everyone? Episode 26 of Believe in Queens. I'm Joe Serralo. Joining me, as always, Tyler Ward. Catch him at WardyNYM. And the former New York Met himself, Anthony Recker. Also, probably not the best time to admit this, but former Atlanta Brave as well. In case anyone out there thinks he's an undercover agent or anything. <laughs> hey, Ward, I had to make you laugh. Look, this is... Good timing. Be... That's good timing for that one. You've that never was... said that on the show before. This is only good. the second time I've laughed today. Once was... <laughs> During the this lot, is going to be the toughest episode show. so far. We're 26 deep, and I mean, this is the least fun. I wore black. I was, you know, picking out, do I wear Get Wreck? Do I wear Bring Vogel back after that big home run? I wore black because it's a fucking funeral, right? I mean, the, the chances at the NL East title are officially done. This team is going to be a wild card team. Atlanta's magic number is one. Not only did they take the lead, they took the tiebreaker. They, they took our hearts out, right? They took everything from us. Uh, there's, there's no way to sugarcoat it, but... Before we dive into that, there is a way to remind you all that this episode is brought to you by our proud sponsors at BetOnline. Head on over to BetOnline.ag for the latest lines, odds, news, and developments, and use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for that first time, one time, 100% welcome bonus. Playoff baseball's around the corner, NFL and college football are in full swing. Head over to BetOnline, it's where the games begin. All right, the shameless plug is out of the way, gents. Let's get into the series. Uh, Tyler, I know that you just ranted for, you know, a half hour or so on YouTube. So, Rec, I want to start with you and get your raw reaction because I don't think anyone's heard from you yet. How are you feeling about this? I know that you're more optimistic than Tyler, than even myself. But, I mean, right now, you you got a smirk on your face, man. I mean, uh, what's going through your head? I think what's going through my head is I I am – I'm incredibly surprised that they couldn't pull out one of these games. I mean, my confidence in them basically only hinged on the fact that all they had to do was win one of these three. That's it. Win one. One of these games. And you've got it all in front of you. Everything's on, you know, on the table for you to take the division and take those four or five days off, which we know this team could have used. Um, I think the... I think what, yeah, I, I mean, it just really surprises me that they weren't able to at least take a single game. And not only that, but they, I mean, were there any of these games that by the fifth or sixth inning felt like the Mets were going to win them? No, nope. no, they were out of them pretty early. They were, they were out pitched and not just by the bullpen, which look, if I look at Atlanta's bullpen overall, I like their bullpen better. Closer? No. I like Edmund better. Of course. Not even close. But I like the bullpen better. Okay. So, yeah, they had one thing. Uh, they hit more home runs. Yep. 100%. Knew they were going to. Knew they were going to hit more in this series. It was coming. Um, I thought the starting pitching matchups would work out differently. I thought the Mets would at least um, outpitch the Braves from that perspective in two out of the three games. At least. Not one. Not one single game did a Mets starter outpitch a Braves starter. And that, that I mean, look, that's, sho- like, that's shocking. This, this, is, this is the strength of this team. This is what, you know, we said they had to win the division because that was their strength. That was the one thing. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, like, boom, we got these guys ready. That's why we need to win the division because – we don't want to get in a wild card and have to use those guys. That's our biggest strength. That's what we need. They got beat, like like beat. 
I, I, I don't even know how to respond to it. It's, it's really shy. Like it, it's, I'm trying to think about how I would feel if it was, if I was in that clubhouse and I know, you know, I think right now it would, it would suck. It would suck really bad. Um, but I know that you have to get yourself ready again. I mean, you got to be back ready in what, four days now the wild card starts. So you got to get yourself right. You got to get yourself ready. And it's going to be a tough transition, but I think the one thing I would say is as a player, look, we want to get in the, we want to be in the playoffs. Yes. We wanted to win the division hundred percent. That is, that is a huge goal. If we don't, the world series is still out there. So is this team capable of putting this behind them and showing something? I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm utterly, I don't know, aghast isn't the right word, but that they they couldn't come out with one of these three. So to think that they can go into the playoffs and win the games that they need to win to get to the World Series and win the World Series, it's very hard to imagine that. But as a player, I wouldn't be sitting in that clubhouse going, oh, we're done. Oh, we're just, we got no shot now. I wouldn't be thinking that. And so I have to give this team at least that benefit of the doubt that, look, they're still in the playoffs. They still had and are going to finish off a, a really, really good season. One of the best in this franchise's history as far as regular seasons go. And when you put it in that context, I can't really, I don't know, I, I don't, I can't really see myself being that negative about it. And when I think about what the, where this organization has been over the last two years since Cohen took over and since they've started this new trend upward, um, this is a really quick ascension and to be where they are right now. And I'm saying that knowing that they still have more to go this season. I'm not saying it like, oh, the season's over. I'm saying there's still more to go this season. So realistically, I guess this is where the positivity comes out of me, that the player in me comes out and it's, Look, we still got the playoffs. Like, that's a whole new season. Yes, this sucks. Yes, this is hard. Yes, it's right at the end of the year. We got to swallow it and we got to get back out there. I, I just think that it's possible. And I think it's going to be really telling of this organization, this franchise, these players, this core group of players now that they've kind of put together um, to see how they respond. And that might dictate kind of how this team plays in future years, too. So, I think it, it just really opens the door for people to step up and show what they're really made of. Um, I know fans are disappointed. I know, Tyler, dude, I saw you, like, getting teary at the beginning of this episode. Like, you're upset. <laughs> like, I get it. I, and that's that that sucks. Like, that's a terrible feeling. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, you know, teams and other sports. And, like, I get, I get emotional. Um, it's it's different for me now, you know, being having been a player and stuff. It, I don't get quite the same emotional attachment, but uh, just because I think I, I tend to try to see that perspective of when I played, and so that's what I'm trying to do with this, and that's where that positivity comes from. It's I know what it's like to be in a clubhouse where you you know things don't go right at the wrong time, and it sucks, and you just gotta you just gotta figure it out. You just gotta pull yourself back up and get back on the horse and see what happens. So. Again, I think this is an opportunity for this team and this franchise and this organization, these players, 
to potentially go out and show something over the next three days. But then, of course, in the postseason, even if they don't win the World Series, come back, win a series, win two series, win three series. Who knows? Like, show me something. Never know. So super quick, Rick, because I I do want to get Tyler involved here. I know he's got a lot to say and he's been waiting patiently for a while. But really quickly, can this team still win the World Series? Yes. Can they? Yes. Um, do do I think this puts makes it harder? Absolutely. Do I think that? And and look, I, you know, uh, you said it's officially over. It's not officially over. They could still win the division somehow. Magically, it could still happen. If we probably sweep not. the Nationals and the Marlins sweep yeah. the Braves, I know, I know, it's not gonna, It's probably not going to happen. But look, um, I don't know. I. I never thought this was a World Series winning roster from the beginning of the season. I never thought it was a month ago. Um, And that's not to take anything away from them. It's a very good roster. It's one of the best in baseball. But the way I look at things, I look at just pure talent across the board, top to bottom. And there are a few teams out there with more talent that I think, you know, had a better shot at winning the World Series. And that's not, again, not to take anything away from the Mets. Um, I have said that all year, but they can still, they have enough talent to win it. They have the right pieces. They would need some breaks. They would need things to go their way. And honestly, they would need to start hitting home runs realistically with runners on base, preferably. Um, And is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't have that crystal ball. Could they still? Yes. Are they going to, in my opinion? Probably not, but I didn't expect that from the beginning. And that's, Honestly, that's that's I guess that's why I'm a little bit grounded in my expectations of saying that's okay. I never really got off of that when they started winning and had a huge 10 and a half game lead in the division. I thought they were going to win the division. That's that that I thought for sure. And I'm a little bit surprised that they weren't able to come through in this scenario where realistically all they had to do was win one out of three. And I would have felt very comfortable that they would have been able to take this division. Couldn't do that. And that's that is surprising to me. Yeah, it's disappointing as hell. Tyler, you've sat there patiently for a long time to start the show, man. Get it get it off your chest. Let it rip. I would first like to start by saying that, um, you know, normally after something like this, everyone was expecting me to like literally scream my head off for like what I was doing on YouTube and my post-game coverage. Farthest in from it. I mean, a feeling like this, especially as a fan with the build-up to this series, to be swept, to not even win one of those games, I I just feel gutless right now. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I can't even scream. I can't yell or anything like that because the Braves are a top dog. The Braves proved that they were the better team than the Mets this season. They won 10 out of the 19 games. They deserve to win this division wholeheartedly, to take care of Jake, to take care of Max, to take care of Bassett the way that they did. That in itself was impressive alone. Then you see the Mets not being able to competently hit. And we all know you just feel it more and more. Not having Starling Marte in this lineup really is becoming a bugaboo for this Mets team. And let me start off also by saying that, as I was saying before we went uh, started recording here, heading into the season, if I would have told every Mets fan out there that the Mets would be right around 100 wins on the year, there would not be one New York Mets fan upset with that result wholeheartedly. And it's crazy how, again, the Mets, if they get a series win against the Nationals, will get those 100 wins. Even if they don't, 98 is still unbelievably impressive after what was a lackluster first year under Steve Cohn, where there was still a lot of disarray going on. But for the buildup and for all the magical moments that this team has had this year, transition into a 500 ball club 
since that Dodgers series. And the bigger gripe isn't even not just stepping up in Atlanta in a playoff type atmosphere without Francisco Lindor hitting, without Pete Alonso hitting your top dogs. McNeil did his job, but you can't be relying on him to be driving in the runs constantly. The pitching not stepping up, the guys you paid the big bucks not getting the job done. But more than anything, it was the build up to that point. You had the easiest schedule in baseball in the month of, month of September, mm-hmm. and you did nothing with it. Two and six so far that we've seen against the Nationals, the Marlins, the Cubs. The Mets put themselves in this position. They should have never been in this spot to begin with, with the division on the line entering the series, and yet they did exactly that. So, I mean, the frustration is high as all hell for us fans right now, um, and it really does suck because this was such a magical season, and I'm hopeful hopefully it will continue that in the postseason here um, as things reset. But for us fans to have this type of sour taste in our mouths and for the Mets to lose this momentum at the worst time possible. It, there, there's just no good feeling about it. So as I look ahead now for not, not even just the national series, cause we have no clue what's going to happen with that. Whether Buck is going to maybe sit some guys, just get guys ready for playoffs for the wild card at game one, or if he's going to make sure that they go out guns a blazing and make sure that they win the series come postseason. My biggest concern as a fan, I want to know where you guys stand on this is again, the Stalin Marte factor. For me, winning the division, the most important thing, wasn't just making a statement from a fan perspective, that feeling good, finally having that swagger, finally being able to say to the Braves that the Mets are the top dog in the division. But it's now you have your wild card game on Friday. I'll be in attendance. I was not expecting to attend a playoff game this week, and yet here we are. Stalin Marte, as of now, still reported he can't grip a ball, can't grip a bat. If he's not ready for game one, let alone that series against uh, the Padres, as of now, um, or the Phillies, whoever it's going to be, I mean, that's not encouraging at all. So for me, it comes down to a health perspective. If you don't have Stoney Marte to start playoffs, I'm far less encouraged because the Mets proved in a playoff atmosphere, yes, it was on the road, and yes, it was against a great Atlanta Braves team. They deserve all endless credit there. doesn't change the fact that the Mets did not step up from a pitching and offensive standpoint. And whether they do that at home at City Field in the wildcard matchup, that is yet to be seen. But they just made things so much more difficult for them than they need to be from the beginning. Wreck, you said it best. I mean, I was freaking out after losing game one. And Wreck in our group chat, he was like, you know, the Mets just need one win. It's okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're not wrong. But they couldn't even do that. They couldn't do the bar minimum. And because of that reason, that's why all of us fans are flustered right now. Um, it's just, It just is not a good feeling at all. And I hate to, to be feeling this way. I hate to be getting emotional when, again, it makes you push aside what was a such great season, one of the best seasons in Mets history this year and their 60 year anniversary. And yet that feels like that's now going to be brushed aside because of what the Mets were doing, which was a complete choke job in the final month of the season and in the biggest matchup where they need to step up and no one for the most part, other than the Jeff McNeil's, the Daniel Vogelbacks, the Eduardo Escobar's were able to do. Um, it's really, it's really disheartening from a fan perspective right now, but it's, what's most important for them going forward now is to make sure that they reset. How are they going to mentally adjust from this? Are they going to be able to take this low and build a new high? Nothing's impossible when it comes to postseason. doesn't matter if you just crack the wild card or if you're the top seed in all baseball, we all know that that's a completely new ball game. But for me, from Marte's health standpoint, I'm really concerned on that front. Um, I'm also concerned on the Mets starters to a certain degree, to be quite frank. Now them showed up in the biggest atmosphere, playoff atmosphere down the stretch here. What are they going to be health-wise with Jake and his blister? How's Max going to be feeling? Um, you know, Chris Bass, like how are these guys going to be looking? Um, it's a real big question mark now. And it, it just sucks that we have all these question marks 
entering playoffs this Friday versus having those five days off and starting things, resetting the rotation, everyone being fully healthy for next week in a scenario where you won the division. It's safe to say, I know it's not official yet, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Mets officially choked uh, losing the Annalise title this year. So, Yeah, they definitely mm-hmm. did. They, they did. The Braves just have to win one game against the Marlins, who, by the way, aren't even going to run out uh, Sandy Alcantara for the, uh, for the season finale. They already yeah. mentioned that, you know, just because nothing can ever go the Mets' way in September. And let's not forget, Joe, that you saw the Marlins like a series ago when they were facing the Mets tweet out oh, they to be rooting for – yeah, no, tweet out that we should root for the Marlins in the final series when they play the Braves. Did you see that? Yeah, well, well, that, that's a moot point at this point. Yeah. But, you know, look, there's a lot to unpack from what both of you guys just said. Um, you know, Rec, to your point, the pitching matchups, even if game one didn't go our way, which it obviously didn't, you know, DeGrom versus Freed, that was probably the toughest matchup for us. And, you know, we know Jake has been a little shaky lately. You know, I'm not one of those crazy Met fans. And yes, if you were ripping into him after that Oakland start, you're crazy. That was his worst start in five years. Yeah. I'm not going to go there. But even against the Cubs, you know, he just didn't have his A-plus stuff. And, you know, we saw even against the Pirates where he did have great stuff. His pitch count was high. Something with Jake just, you know, his last three or four starts really wasn't there. It wasn't, you know, the Jake that was, what, uh, six innings of perfect ball against Atlanta in that series in early August, right? So losing that game, it didn't really shock me. To the degree it shocked other people. Max Freed's a damn good pitcher. It was last night's game as we're recording this. So Saturday night's game. Max against Kyle Wright, who give Kyle Wright credit. 21 game winner on the season. That is really impressive. I don't see stuff from Kyle Wright that makes me think this guy's a bona fide ace. And I don't see stuff from Kyle Wright that makes me think that his team should have the edge when the pitching matchup is him against Max Scherzer. I don't know what the hell went on with Max last night. I think that these Mets pitchers, I don't want to say it's a toughness problem. And I know Rec is a former player. You might take exception to questioning these guys' toughness. Maybe it's an ego problem. Because I saw Jake and Max think that they could beat the hitters in this Braves lineup. And one to nine, it's the best lineup in baseball. Sorry, Dodger fans. Sorry, Astro fans. One to nine, this Braves lineup is the most dangerous lineup. Maybe not the best, the most dangerous lineup in baseball. Because these guys swing hard. And for the most part, they do a really good job at only swinging hard at pitches in the zone. And when they connect, watch out. And Jake thought he could beat them, and he simply could not. Max thought he could beat them. I mean, Dansby Swanson and Matt Olson each went deep three times this series. That's six home runs. That's more home runs from those two guys than Pete and Lindor had hits in this series. Alonzo and Lindor combined five for 25 this series. Swanson and Olson, six home runs between the two. I, I mean, Rec, to your point. When, when is this team going to start hitting the long ball? I mean, I was watching last night's game and tonight's game, and every time Pete was up, and, and oftentimes there was at least a guy on base. I'm like, come on, Pete, this is your spot. You just need one homer this series. One this whole series to be the hero, because that's all the team needed was one win this entire series to be in tremendous shape. Um, so, you know, for the way that this season's ended, Tyler, to your point, you had a great point. Coming into the season, if you said, hey, the Mets are going to have 98 wins going into their final three-game set, We'd all be like, that's amazing. Sign me up. Even if they're the wild card, 98 wins, sign me up. But it's the way that they went about collapsing. It's the fact that the Mets were a first place team for when all things are said and done, it'll be what, 153 of the 162 games they spent in first place. And then they end the year in second place. You know, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think this team can win a World Series. And Rec, I think you gave a great answer. You know, obviously anything can happen. They would need some breaks and things to go their way. But you could argue that this seeding was more crucial for the Mets than any other team in baseball. 
for three reasons. Starling Marte, Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom. The Mets are a bit fragile. They're one of the older teams in baseball, if not the oldest. They are the, they are the oldest team. Yeah. Oldest team in baseball. Oldest yeah. team in baseball, right? And, and, you know, you've got Scherzer, who's one of the oldest aces in baseball. Him and Verlander, probably the two oldest aces in the league. You've got DeGrom, who's just, frankly, been fragile as hell the past couple of years. And you've got Starling Marte right now, who's battling his injury, which, you know, I'll just forever hate the Pittsburgh Pirates for numerous reasons. Last year's uh, all-star break or the series oh. around then being one of them and for you know fracturing Marte's finger this year um so those are three big reasons that the Mets needed to get the two seed you know if you look at the Braves if the Braves had the four seed I would still consider them a World Series uh contender you know I, I would not say that whoever loses the division uh is no longer a World Series contender I think unfortunately that just applies to the Mets by the way the Mets went just two and four against San Diego this year and, you know, I, I know that there were a couple games in San Diego where we didn't have Alonzo and Marte because they both got hit by pitches. And, you know, we wrecked them the first game, lost Alonzo, lost Marte. We dropped the next two. But we came back to City Field post-All-Star break, and we still lost two out of three to the Padres. So, you know, even though the Padres have definitely been a disappointing team this year and what they've done after that huge splash at the trade deadline hasn't amounted to much, I still don't consider it a guarantee that the Mets even get out of that wild card series. And if they do, you're facing the Dodgers and you, you know, you might not have Max or Jake game one, game two, even it's like, what the hell are we doing here? I just, I think that this collapse has has just really taken the Mets out of world series contention. And it sucks because it doesn't just come down to this brave series it comes down to going nine and seven against 16 straight sub 500 teams. And what do we always talk about the Braves do? The Braves beat up on those bad teams. They don't just beat them. They beat them 16 to 3. They pistol I mean, whip the, them. They're just smacking them they, around. They do, exactly. Them close. And, and so you get Atlanta, who really takes advantage of the weak parts of their schedule. And the Mets, yes, it's great to say, hey, we play up to our competition. You know, we we were 9 and 7 against Atlanta. I think there was one point in the year where we were like 8 and 4 against Atlanta. Yep. I mean, imagine being 8 and 4 against them and finishing 9 and 10. It's just this collapses. I know that they're making the playoffs this year, but it's right up there with those seven and 08, in my opinion, because they had the division. They didn't need it. Didn't even have to come down to this. It really should have been clinched before this. You know, you don't get swept by the Cubs. You don't drop two out of three to the Nationals. And it's probably already wrapped up coming into this series. So it's really disheartening. Uh, and I, I hate to say it. I don't consider them World Series contenders anymore. I just don't. I, I, I have no reason to. Tyler, what's up? I, I will say one thing. And while the while the Padres, from what we've seen this year, can definitely be a concern, Mets, especially against you, Darvish, not a fun matchup at all from what we've seen in these two starts. However, correct me if I'm wrong, Rec, the 2015 Mets, how did they fare against the Chicago Cubs in the regular season? Regular season not right? good. Not good. No. no. Not uh, and, good. What, and, what, and what happened again when they matched up in playoffs? Flip there the script, go. baby. Yeah, so that that's that's the big thing, biggest takeaway when it comes to playoffs is again, truly anything can happen. And yeah. I trust the and I trust the Mets and have confidence that they would be able to get the job done in the wild card. Nothing's a guarantee, however, especially if you don't have Marte. You know that health aspect is the most concerning for me. I mean, you hit the nail on the head again, Joe, with the fact of the Mets being the oldest team in baseball. Um, Jake, what's he going to look like? Max, what's he's going? What is he going to look like? Is there a scenario too? Even though I highly doubt it where the Mets may really want to have Jake start on Wednesday, the final game of the year, in a scenario where the Braves drop their first two against Miami. I don't think that's going to happen, 
But I'm well, saying that, that, that's a pretty wild what if Atlanta loses. No, I, again, guys. again, I don't, I don't expect it to happen. But point is, is that if that did happen, then that's baseball, guys. Baseball. Yeah. Crazy, crazy freaking game. Because Actually, just think, just think about that for a second. If that were to happen, and say the Mets win that game, but so do the Braves in their final game. Braves still win the division, and then Mets don't have Jake to start the wild card series. Yeah, I, I think that at this point, magic numbers one. Braves just have that might not be a terrible three. thing, guys. That might not be a terrible thing. Because if you do get through the wild card, Jake goes game one. Well, and then so, Max is actually set up for game two. So so that's actually a perfect segue. Because I, I did want to take it from you know us commiserating to actually looking ahead now to how do we approach this. Rec, we'll start with you here. Do you go DeGrom and Scherzer, whatever order, one and two, and hope to just punch the pod's lights out? Or do you take a different approach and maybe save one of those guys for a potential game three against San Diego, but go with one of them in game one and then Bassett game two in hopes that you sweep the Padres, you win two in a row against them, and you can run either Max or Jake, whichever one you didn't use game one, you can run out there for game one in Los Angeles. How do you approach this Padres series? We, I just said that baseball is crazy. Anything can happen. I, I, don't, I don't mess around. I don't think, ah, we'll see if we can do it this way and save our bullets. Because guess what can happen? DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett can all get beat in a row in Atlanta. And uh, look, obviously this would be in New York. Obviously this would be against a different team. Um, the San Diego Padre team, they've been showing a little bit of sign of life of late. At least Juan Soto has. Dude's been on fire. Um they hit bombs. I mean, this whole lineup has 20 home runs practically. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that route. I wouldn't take a, you know, just play for the the DS when you're not even there yet. You got to get there. Um, so yeah, no, for me, it's it's I'm going, I'm going my one two punch right out the gate. They better come through, and if they don't, Bassett, step up. That that would be my that like there's no other way to do it in the playoffs. You can't you can't mess around like that. Not to me. That, that doesn't concern you the, the thought of having you know Bassett and then potentially a, a Walker or a Cookie going games one and two at, at uh, Los Angeles. No, because uh, realistically, if they're if they're really worried about Jake going on short rest, because I think that would be um, let's see, there'd be one two probably a day off in between, and then game one. So whoever starts game one of the wild cards should be able to go game two. And game two of the wild card should be able to go game three. Um, it'd be regular rest, at least in my head. Maybe I you know, maybe I'm missing something on the schedule, but I believe there'd be a there's a day off in between the wild card and the DS. So no, I'm going one two. Go right at him. Bassett can go game one, and then I got I got DeGrom and Scherzer back to back for two and three. And that's Look, it may not be the sexiest game one starter, but I still like Bassett. Um, you know, he didn't pitch great Brady tonight, obviously. Last time. But yeah, I mean, look, this this guy has still pitched a lot of great games for this Mets team this year. Um, he's shown an ability to go seven, eight innings at times. He's shown an ability to dominate great lineups. And so, yeah, not the what we not not what I wanted to see today, tonight, or last night, as you're listening to this. But of course, that's okay. It's baseball. Shit happens. I'm just I'm just gonna come out literally, you know, if I'm on this team, like I said, I'm gonna come out tomorrow. I'm gonna kick some ass and hope that 
I get myself ready and this team gets ready for the playoffs, I would say that they should certainly give themselves, um, give their position players, because these guys have been playing every day lately. Yeah. Give them some rest during the series. Get 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 every guy at least one day. Um, you know, maybe the last day of the year, I'd have them all in there. But over these next two games, give give them a blow. Give them a blow. Don't even worry about that. Um, Diaz got in there tonight. Finally, dude hasn't been pitching at all. I might throw him at least once in this last series, maybe twice, just to get him some work so he's ready to go. Because if if it does come time to the wild card and the playoffs and he's got to go three days in a row and he hasn't done that in months, like that's not good. That That is not good. Yeah, so he's for me, go Wednesday, no matter what, in my opinion, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So to me, they, they got to get, you know, some guys, some work, but they also got to get a couple guys some rest. And I think that's just what you do. That's you get yourself ready for the playoffs now. Question for you guys. You know, we saw Francisco Alvarez make his MLB debut during this pivotal series for the Mets. And while I definitely wasn't discouraged at all with Alvarez, even though he didn't get a hit, had some solid at-bats, had some bad at-bats too. He's a guy that, again, if the Mets get any production out of, then that's that's a plus for him. But more than anything, the, the bigger issue here is that the Mets, you can tell, were desperate. Once again, trying to get a righty bat in that DH spot against lefties, and they haven't gone that consistent production there. So as you enter this national series now, facing that op- opponent, wanting guys to get rest, do you think it's a good idea to give Alvarez a strong leash, say starting that minimum two of the three games here at DH in this series? Vientos maybe gain time at DH too. Like, how do you think the Mets should go about that? Yes, Volgaback's been off the bench, but we saw what he was able to do today up until he was pulled for Alvarez in the uh, lefty matchup against Lee. Um, so starting off with you, Rec, how do you think the Mets should go about Alvarez, Vientos, just the young kids with the final series down? Well, I just said that I think they need to get a couple guys some rest. So yep. that opens the door right there for Alvarez and Vientos to be in this lineup at least two out of three games. Why not? Why not get rough in there too? See if all of a sudden he gets hot. See if he shows some light. I don't if know. He's, if he's, back, he's off, he's on the IL he's, though. He's still IL, right? Oh, he, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot they he's put on him the on the Phantom IL. IL. Phantom for, the Frit, for Alvarez. Yeah, I forgot about that. See, it's Phantom. Yeah. You know, well, you it's totally yeah. Phantom. Him and Scherzer yeah. both. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. You're right. Um, but no, like I, I literally, I just, I see what I have. I see what I can get out of guys. See if I can get a couple guys hot. Maybe give Nakon a few ABs. You know, like, I just want to see what I can get going coming into the playoffs. It's all about getting ready and whatever you need to do to get ready. Who's your starting catcher? Like to me, it's, it's Nito. It's, Nito. He's been hitting the ball way better. Um, it defensively, I think he's actually a better catcher anyway, right now. Um, so I'm going Tomas Nito all the way. I'm not even thinking about that. So I give him probably two of these three games behind the plate, maybe even one in the DH if they want to do that. I don't know. Just keep that back going. Um, you know, I think you got to get Bogey in there a little bit. You, you just want to make sure that everyone's – all your everyday position guys that have been in there all year, McNeil, Alonzo, Lador, um, Canna, Nimmo, of course, like those guys don't have to play two out of these three games. They could play one out of the three and be fine. They'll be good to go. Um, so I think there's a really good opportunity to get – some other guys, some ABs, and get them ready for the playoffs. And make sure you have like, – at, at least see what you have, like you said, in, in Alvarez and Vientos. And maybe one of them shows some life. I mean, you certainly saw Alvarez swing really hard in this series, trying to do way too much, which, look, 20-year-old kid, I get it. You expect that. But I've also seen kids at 20 come up and not do that and be ready for it. And 
So they know that that is going to be an issue come playoff time. You can't just throw this kid in the playoffs and think, oh, he's he's still fine. He'll hit home runs. He won't because he needs to calm down. He needs yeah. to get that under control. It ain't going to happen like that. Um, the adrenaline was going, and it got the best of him. And that's okay. It happens to all of us. It happened to me. It happened to, happens to literally every player that's ever played this game. But it happened consistently, and he never made an adjustment. He never – took some breathing lessons and, and learned how to calm himself down and lower the heart rate, literally, like on deck, close your eyes, visualize, breathe, deep breaths, slow the heart rate down. When you get in that box, in between every pitch, slow it down, slow it down. He didn't do it, and he's going to have to learn that if they're going to even give him any shot in the playoffs. And so I, I, that's the kind of stuff I want to see over the next three days. I'm glad that you brought that up regarding Alvarez, Rex, because – I actually had a big issue with him uh, pinch hitting for Vogelback tonight. Look, I know that, you know, the numbers and the analytics say Vogelback only hits against righties. I agree with you, by the way. You wanted Vogie to stay in the game there? Yeah. Lefty on lefty. That's fine. Yep. I mean, you got a veteran who, first off, you know, you got a lefty coming out of the pen first battery faces. Who knows if Vogie can't work a walk? He's got one of the best eyes in the game. Or even just 2-0 and get a heater. Yeah. And do something with it. I mean, it's not like the guy's incapable of hitting lefties. You know, he said in interviews since he joined the Mets that, you know, he was asked if he sees the ball any differently. And he said, actually, no, I see the ball fine coming from lefties. It was just always once I got to the big leagues an analytics thing where it was like, oh, well, you know, let's just run this guy out there against righties. At least Vogie's a vet. At least he's got a pretty good eye. I would rather live and die with the guy who's two for two and he's already put one out tonight than the kid who's still looking for his first MLB hit. And look, I'm really high on Alvarez and I can't wait to see what he does in the future. He's 20 years old. Slow your roll. The kids swung at everything this weekend. And I'm glad that you mentioned that other 20-year-olds come up and don't do that. Because every time the Braves call a damn 20-year-old up, he's he's an instant <laughs> all-star. I mean, Michael Harris going out there to win rookie of the year. Uh, Vaughn Grisham. Let me, let, me, let, me inter- let, me, let me interrupt real quick. And yeah. this, is, this is the thing that um, – this is the thing that – look, it's a different organization than when I was when – I, when, I when I got to the Mets. When I got there, their minor league system was uh, – I don't, I don't want to be, like, just brutal. But they, they were in disarray. It was, like, it was not good. Yeah. I, I didn't the, – the, like, they had some great pitchers that came up. But I also know the minor league pitching coordinator that they hired from Oakland, Ron Romanic, who brought up a ton of talent in Oakland, was the one there in New York bringing these guys up and having them ready from day one to pitch out, to show out in the big leagues. They didn't have anybody like that on the offensive side. They didn't have any prospects coming up and doing anything on the offensive side. They weren't ready to come up and perform at this level. When I was with Oakland, and and I, I don't want to throw shade on the Mets again, but we we worked on things in the minor leagues. Like We literally had visualization sessions during BP where we had to sit on the bench, try to slow our heart rate, Learn how to visualize, learn how to, you know, do the mental side of the game so that by the time, like we, we did so many little things. We had classroom sessions in the minor leagues. Like literally we would get in a the classroom, there'd be a chalkboard, like we'd be talking about things, statistics, writing stuff down, everything. All this stuff happened there. I never saw that stuff with the Mets. Now, look, I wasn't in the lower levels with the Mets, so it's different, but that's what I mean by some of these organizations know how to have guys come up and be ready. And I don't know how much has changed in the Mets organization. Maybe they're working toward that, but I think it's still clear that it's not there yet because you haven't seen guys come up out of the minor leagues and really show out 
the way that you want to see it, um, the way that you want to see some of your top prospects do. They still have a shot to do it. They still have a shot to change that. They are making changes in that minor league system. They're 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 um, drafting great. They're they're doing a great job with that. They get tremendous talent. These guys perform at an insanely high level in the minor leagues. It has to start translating, or else there's going to have to be some changes made there because that that is something that you can train these kids to do. Be ready to come up. The Cardinals do it. Every single kid that comes up to the Cardinals is ready to perform. Same with the Braves. Same with the Dodgers. These teams that are really, really good, they are bringing talent up as well as bringing players in from the outside. That's how it's done, and that's something that we still haven't seen this Mets team or organization do yet. They're, they're on the way, just not yet. Yeah, you can tell there's preparation there. You know, when the Mets called up Beatty, he showed great pop at times, and he showed at-bats where he looked overmatched. When they brought up Vientos, you know, he's gone oppo. He's knocked in a few runs. He's also taken some really ugly hacks. Alvarez, nothing but ugly hacks this weekend. I mean, I think he he put a good swing on hit the first at-bat he had. was like a rocket to Riley that he made a good play on. And then I think he had another one to center field that off the bat I was thinking. Yeah, that was that was like his best at bat I probably. But said. I mean, God, if you're if you're pitching to to Alvarez and you're a lefty because he was brought in to face mainly lefties this weekend, I'm throwing you know sliders that are like shin high that I never even start in the zone. Maybe nope. start low and away and then just come way low and in. And, uh, and and like it was just so evident how to pitch to him. Vientos, same thing. Meanwhile, the Braves, Michael Harris comes into the league. He's ready. Vaughn Grisham. I'll never forget, there was a play, I think it was in Atlanta in the series, the Braves took three out of four, where Grisham went first to home on a ball that was like a slow hit grounder up the middle. And the Mets just kind of played it off, like, all right, he's going to go first to third. But he was prepared mentally. I mean, outside of being fast as hell, he was mentally prepared. And he saw, oh, they're kind of taking this play off a little bit. Well, I'm going to turn the damn burners on. And he went first to home on that play. And it's just these kids come up for, you know, the Braves, like you mentioned, the Dodgers, the Cardinals. They're impact makers. They're instantly impact makers. And the Mets have this talent now, which we didn't always have on the offensive side of things in our right. fire system. Now we've got it, but they come up and they're lost in space. And I'm not blaming them for it. I mean, I just think bringing up Alvarez, I thought the timing was weird. Maybe they thought it would be a little jolt to the lineup. But at the end of the day, I they mean, were looking for lighting in the bottle. They were yep. looking for lighting in a bottle. Yeah, and I think Alvarez on some level felt that pressure. That's why it's weird timing. It's not necessarily like, you get it from the Mets' perspective. Okay, we were trying not to call him up, but look, we kind of have to now. But to call him up and then knowing that that pressure is going to be on him and he's going to feel that, that's that's tough. That's really tough to live up to. And I don't blame him at all for coming up and swinging out his ass because that no. is going to happen. But it just you wish that he was better prepared. And you, you wish that it wasn't necessarily in that situation because that's it's a tough way to come up and, and swallow that kind of – that defeat, that, you know, inability to get the job done. And now the poor guy's, what, 0 for 6, 0 for 7, and he's all in his head. He went through a, his first series in the exactly. bigs, couldn't get a hit. Now mentally, who the hell knows what he's going through? Tyler, let's uh, let, let's toss it to you here. Yeah, no, I, I just want to say, like, from right away, the Mets calling up Alvarez was a shock to everyone because it's just it's a desperation tactic by this team, and that's their biggest issue here. They put themselves in a spot – multiple times not only with Alvarez but with Vientos and to a lesser degree Beatty because of injuries but all these guys for the most part were not expected to be with the Mets this year regardless on what they did 
throughout the minors. That's why if we were focusing focusing on bringing up Vientos when he was ready based on performance alone, he raked all year long after first slow month of the year. I mean, he was phenomenal. I mean, we, we, we were in July and crying and a lot of Mets fans, including myself, saying give the kid a shot because you were getting nothing still from J.D. and Dom. Like the Mets haven't had a consistent production from D.H., since the start of the regular season, and they Maybe have we shouldn't that. bring up JD right now because he's he's been raking. Sorry, I'm going to say one thing about JD Davis, and it's <laughs> it might bother right. some fans. Has, has it been any, heartbroken enough tonight, man? Anyone that thinks that JD Davis would be performing remotely to the same level that he is in San Francisco right now has no clue what they're talking about. I agree. He would be better than Darren Ruff. Would I 100 agree. And I again, agree. I and here's the thing: Ruff made sense at the time. That's the frustrating thing. Don't don't give me that gripe. No, he still never liked that trade. No, I uh, never like that I, trade. I, I, I can understand you didn't, you didn't like you didn't. I did. I, you didn't. Well, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But I can understand I don't if you didn't. Offend anyone by saying this, but that what? trade was like it was like shopping on food stamps. Like I mean, it was just like I get I get what you're saying. Like, go yeah. get the damn steak dinner, man. It's New York. Go get the isn't steak. That, isn't that what they said in the first? And the there first. Were, um, press conference. I think that's almost exactly what Sandy said. Was now we're shopping. Yeah. In like the yeah yeah shopping, shopping for the great A meat, the prime the yeah. prime section, the prime meat. Yeah. They didn't. Well, I mean, there's different trading prospects, but go ahead. One thing I wanted. There was one player out there that would have checked off so many boxes for the New York Mets. Was available. Was traded. And would be the Francisco Alvarez of the Mets right now. And the only reason why the Mets didn't acquire him is quite honestly because he was a catcher. They're still locked down with McCann. And that's Christian Vasquez. He was a cheap rental bat that would have gave you more production than what Darren Ruff is giving you right now, righty and lefty. And also in the catching spot, might not be a whiz, but can't be much worse than what James McCann has been defensively the past month. I mean, the hitting's been there, but James' defense has been up and down all year long. It started off great. And it really picked up. I know you're shaking your head, no wreck, but if you actually, if no, 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 I'm, I'm saying he hasn't been good. I yeah, agree. Yeah, no, I'm, like in the first mo- month and a half, Tyler just came stati- statistically, James was looking really good with his framing. Like all, all the numbers were in his favor. That quickly dipped, however, especially when he dealt with his injuries. So, point I'm trying to make is that Vasquez is just one example. And there were other, you know, lesser name bats out there that, again, might have not been pretty, but you could still yeah. argue were would be better than obviously looking back on what the Mets did with a rough Volgaback. I still love, I never thought that the Volgaback move was a bad move for the Mets. I know he had a bad month. He's starting to pick it up again. He had a hot month, a cold month, and now he's starting to pick it up again, hopefully at the best time for the New York Mets as they're about to enter postseason. But point is, is that the Mets put themselves in this position and they have themselves to blame. And if they do not go far enough as they should this year, directly in part with being reliant on these kids come playoff time, and not getting enough DH production, or depending on how the bullpen performs, then you're, you're going to know why. It all comes down to that deadline. As annoying and as frustrating as it is to say, there's a great reason why us fans can be concerned about that as we get into the postseason. Yeah, it comes down to a lot of things. The deadline's obviously a huge one. You know, not beating up, not taking care of business against those sub-500 teams, another yep. really big one. Uh, guys, that about does it for everything I have to say. This obviously wasn't one of our more happy episodes of Believe in Queens. Do you guys have anything to add before we wrap it up? No, crickets. All right. Well, in that case, next episode. We said it, guys. Playoff. We said it all. 
Yeah, next episode, playoff preview. Mets, Padres, next Friday at City Field. Not official yet, but uh, we'll see you there. That does it. Episode 26, Believe in Queens. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.